It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not suing the IRS. Check it out, Hunter Biden filing a lawsuit a short while ago to sue the IRS for leaking the details of the whistleblower testimony regarding his tax returns. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. It would seem that way. We're going to discuss it with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Uh, Joe Concha will stop by as well to discuss the media hullabaloo over Donald Trump's sit-down with Meet the Press. And uh, we will get a preview. Uh, from Lincoln Fayler, who's joining. He says he's going to call in during eighth period today. No promises there. It's kind of touch and go. It's kind of class operation we're running here. I think we booked a 14-year-old. We can't quite confirm, uh, but one way or the other, you are booked onto the show if you want a piece of the action. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. They're the same on Monday that they were on Friday and every day in between. These are not just rules for radio. These are rules for life. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is it. Happy Monday. There it is. Bang. Fired up. Ready to go. We had a great weekend in the Fail House. We were performing uh, Saturday night at the Sugarloaf Performing Arts Center. If you came out to that gig, thank you. First class all the way, uh, you know, to Matt and Walt and the guys who put the gig together and all the Fox fans who showed up and took selfies and had me sign their postcards and their <laughs> and their breasts. Uh, you know who you are, sir. What the hell did you just say? But the point is, it was a great one. We were tuning up for the taping of my stand-up special, which is, of course, October 13th at the Paramount, right here in Huntington, Long Island. So if you go to paramount.newyork.com, paramountnewyork.com is what it is, uh, or you go to Ticketmaster, you can still get some seats left for the taping. Come see the champ in action. Uh, but right now I'm doing my radio thing, and that's what matters. Uh, this is where the good action is. Some you and me time after a long weekend. I hope it treated you well, but let's dive right in because there's so much going on today. Really bad polling, too, for Biden as it pertains not only to his age, uh, but to impeachment as well. Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to dive in on that, and we'll work our way up to the Hunter stuff because Mark Burnovich is kind of an expert as an attorney general who's prosecuted gazillions of criminals uh, in Arizona on why someone like Hunter would be suing in this particular situation we find ourselves in right now. Hunter's a dirtbag. But getting past that, it is really funny because this started out as, well, it's Russian disinformation. You can't even share it on Twitter. Don't even post it on Facebook. Hunter Biden's business dealings, it's fake. (laughs) Has anyone else noticed that we went from it's completely fake, no such thing as a laptop, Now we're down to, how dare you talk about it? I'll sue. I think he's got a point. Okay, this is what they've been reduced to now. Make no mistake about it. If you heard Paul Morrill's interview on the show Friday, the Bidens are corrupt. Okay, what they uncover 
in terms of Joe's involvement remains to be seen because it looks like a professional influence selling operation where they were moving the money through 15 different bank accounts precisely because they didn't want to be in a scenario where Biden as a government official was accepting a direct form of payment. So Hunter could ultimately be the fall guy, just the same as Hunter wound up being the bad guy, uh, the bag man who was passing that money over. But make no mistake about it. Like they're corrupt. When you're, st- when you're now suing the whistleblower, okay, we were told when they impeached Trump over Ukraine that if you question the legitimacy of a whistleblower, it was a threat to democracy. It was borderline treason. These were our founding principles to hold people in power accountable. Now we get a whistleblower against the Democrats, and they're like, we're suing. Democrats are so full of crap. They are. But when it comes to Biden's age, they're starting to be honest. Uh, They are putting the partisan pugilism to the side, according to CBS. It's a CBS News YouGov poll on Sunday. Finds that 72% of Americans believe Biden is not physically healthy enough to be president for four more years. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Okay, think about that. 72% of Americans, just 16% of respondents agreed that only Biden was competent to serve. Regarding mental and cognitive health, 44% of voters said only Trump is mentally fit to serve in the office, while 23% said neither man is fit to serve. That question uh, regards the fact that within this poll, they got into some minutia of like, do you think Trump is fit to serve? Do you think Biden's fit to serve? Do you think Trump and Biden are fit to serve? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Very hard to follow in that regard because that's what they do within polls. They get all these side questions and everything in between. But the thing you need to know, okay, is, hey, do we have a guy running the country who's mentally fit to serve? The answer would be no. 72% of the American people say no. Come on, man. Okay, 72%. That's the top line thought here. Okay, tying that in, okay, to an MSNBC report over the weekend that they were not thrilled. Okay, but a majority of Americans, a majority of Americans support Biden's impeachment inquiry. So when you have people telling you it's garbage, there's no proof, it's all a waste of time. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. And I say that why? Because the majority of the American people, the majority of the American people, do not think it's a waste of time. Correct the mundo. The majority of American people have seen the cascading staircase of lies coming out of the Biden family. Again, remember this, okay? This story, as it pertains to Hunter Biden selling influence in Ukraine, started out as this is part of a laptop that's fake. Wrong. <laughs> it became, okay, well, the, the, the laptop is real. Um, but he's, he was he was selling the influence, okay, but his dad didn't know anything about it. Wrong. That became okay. Well, his dad called into his business meetings on 22 separate occasions. He met with his business partners for dinner, okay? He took photos with them. They played golf, but he wasn't involved. Wrong. <laughs> now, it's okay. He was involved, but he didn't profit from it. Wrong. Okay, we don't have that proof, but a lot of people realize you don't lie about the first four things unless you're lying about the fifth thing. You dig? If you're telling the truth, okay, about whether or not you made money, think about this, okay? If Joe Biden is telling the truth about whether or not he profited from Hunter Biden's business dealings, If he's telling the truth about that, 
there would be no need to lie about the first four questions in an attempt to put this thing to bed. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, if he didn't profit from Hunter Biden's business dealings, he says, no, the laptop's real. Yeah, it is. It's my son and his business. He was selling influence. I told him, be careful. I don't want to be a part of that. Although it's technically legal, it looks bad for the country. Okay, that's the position you take. Okay, when the business photos surface of Biden, say, with his business partners, Biden going out to Cafe Milano, Biden playing golf. Yeah, you know, my son always brings people by to introduce him to me. I don't think it's the best practice. That's why I try to keep a distance. Okay, but they didn't do that. They just continued to lie and try to put it away as as debunked Russian disinformation. That is balderdash and hogwash. And mm -hmm. this is why MSNBC and this is Alex Witt is being forced to acknowledge a little bit of reality. It's clip nine after House Republicans announced an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The move has gotten pushback from both sides of the aisle, but a new Reuters poll shows the country is divided on the issue. 41% support the idea, 35% are opposed, and 24% just aren't sure. So that is a majority saying, yeah, we got we to gotta support the inquiry. Let's get to the bottom of this. Uh, the 24% who aren't sure I don't know how much, you know, politics they're following. I don't know how engaged they are one way or the other. But everyone, the number on this in terms of supporting the inquiry, the number should be 100%. It's not about the politics. Okay, you understand some of the people who oppose the impeachment inquiry are Republicans. They oppose it because they go, wow, it's going to hurt us in the swing states. Hey, 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 ho, hey. The goal is not elections. Okay, again, the government and the Constitution was not drawn up because of Republicans versus Democrats. The Constitution was drawn up because of people versus their government. It was to make sure the government was doing our bidding, okay? It was to make sure that our tax dollars, okay, and the people spending them were going to be held accountable for their actions. They were going to respond to our needs, demands, and wishes. Is that going on in Washington, D.C. right now? The answer would be no. No, they're nuking this place. And it's not with policies anybody supports. They can't pass climate change. If they said, hey, let's go spend a trillion dollars on climate change, you know what the American people would say? The answer would be no. And the reason we know this is because the biggest climate change bill in the history of this country was passed as the Inflation Reduction Act. What a fraud! They couldn't call it a climate change bill because there wasn't support for that level of spending. So what did they do? Inflation, which was the most pressing economic issue in the country at the time, was made worse because we print and spent more money because they wanted to allocate it to climate change. That is financial lunacy. It absolutely is. But did we vote for that? Did we say, hey, you know, print a bunch of money, devalue the currency, create too many dollars chasing after too few goods, okay, and then spend more money after that? The answer would be no. We didn't vote for that. Okay, you understand they're not doing our bidding, okay? In a lot of instances, they're doing the bidding of other countries, okay? The whole climate agenda is an economic sellout to China That's who happens to be doing nothing to curb its own emissions, which means anything we do is performance art. It will have no impact, none at all, Okay, on what actually happens to the climate. China outpollutes the other 27 biggest industrialized nations combined. So there's no world, okay, where anything we do will actually impact the weather. And here's a newsflash, okay, man can't control the weather. 
If we could control the weather, if anyone knew we could, you wouldn't have hurricanes, you wouldn't have tornadoes, you wouldn't have earthquakes, okay? Because man would have taken his vast weather-controlling powers and did away with them. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, it's the stupidest thing in the world. But understand, this is not what the American people asked for, and that's the reason you're supposed to impeach people or at least support a looking into the impeachment of Joe Biden is because we know he has not been representing America's best interest on the world stage. He's been representing his own. Okay, we know this specifically because he's the jackass that confessed to it in 2018 when he was bragging about firing the Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating his family. Understand, we know this. Hunter Biden's making a million dollars a month from Burisma. He has no background in energy whatsoever. Burisma just happens to be negotiating with the government of the United States, with which Hunter Biden's vice president, vice president dad, okay, would be point man on. The word gets out that Prosecutor Shokin is investigating Burisma. They have a meeting with Hunter and say, hey, can D.C. help us with this prosecutor? It turns out D.C. could help him with the prosecutor because here's Biden bragging about it. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Wow. He should be behind bars. I mean, in theory. We impeached Trump for what? Oh, he was threatening to withhold aid from Ukraine if they didn't do what he wanted. That's Biden flat out bragging that he threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine unless they didn't do what he wanted. Okay, the very definition of a quid pro quo. So you understand when it comes to impeachment and impeachment inquiries, which is getting to the bottom of this, if you're out here being like, oh, the Republicans, this is, a, you know, political payback, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Okay, I mean it. This is one of those moments where, given the level of lie and the volume of lie we've been told about the Biden business dealings in Ukraine, we should all support a look into what went on. That's true. That is true. If for no other reason than because if the guy's going to continue to serve as president, we do need to believe he's not compromised. He's governing like he is. I don't know the answer to that, but we do need the truth, whether you're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or anything in between. Okay. We can't avoid difficult things because they don't reflect favorably on our political party. Again, our party is supposed to be the United States of America. The fact that people are rooting for their political party over their country is why everything is so screwed up. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. And when it comes to Joe Biden, he's done most of that screwing up while his family has pocketed at least $20 million that we know of from various entities around the world that do business with our government every single day. That's not right. It's not right, okay? And as to what percentage of wrong it happens to be, I just think we need to kick the tires and get a real answer. I don't care if it hurts Republicans in a swing state. It's not about who controls the government, who runs the country. It's to make sure there's a country left to control. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon talking about the lack of evidence to impeach Joe Biden. Here's House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on Sunday Morning Futures. Pretty funny clip, too. We also have 5,400 emails that Joe Biden used as vice president, a false name that we have not been able to get yet. Wouldn't it be smarter in an investigation that you were able to get all of those emails? Because would that show, we saw one, where it was sent to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, about a phone call with the president of Ukraine. Wouldn't you want to know all that information so you can ask all the right questions? So I think let them do their job. They're doing a very good job at it, and let them follow it and take it at the right time. That's it, man. You know, and the people pushing back on this is like, oh, it's garbage. There's nothing. Okay, we know of right now 5,400 emails that Joe Biden sent using a fake name. These emails involved government business and his son was on them. Now, if Biden has never talked to his son about his foreign influence peddling operation, why is, I don't know, I'm just asking, why is he putting his son on these emails with other government entities? Ah, you have a good eye, my man. And so far, no one's been able to give us one. That's the point. Okay, Biden said the laptop was fake. We banned people from sharing it in the run-up to the election. Then we found out it was real. And they were like, ah, we were just erring on the side of caution. That's what the media told us. You are so full of sh**. Would they be erring on the side of caution if it involved a Republican? The answer would be no. Of course not. Okay, the double standard only goes one way, which means there's no standard at all. It's a scam. You understand? Then you get past... The bank transactions, 155 suspicious activity reports flagged by the Obama Treasury involving Hunter Biden. You get the lies about the laptop, the lies about the meeting, the lies about talking to his business partners, the lies about meeting his business partners. When people, again, I've said this before on the show, this is how they solve murders. They don't solve a murder because there's a video of somebody killing somebody else. Rarely that does happen, but most of the time it's because of other evidence that leads the perp to the scene of the crime. Okay, there's a little lie here about what he had for breakfast. There's a little lie here about where he went for lunch. There's a little lie here about the gym he says he doesn't belong to, but we saw him there at 3 o'clock. You know, that gym's a block from where the murder scene was, right? That's how they solve this. As they continue to be lied to, they continue to invest more interest in the person because if they're telling the truth, they don't have anything to hide. Bingo. When you see them hiding, that's when you know something's going on. And that's where we find ourselves now with Democrats just flat out saying, give him a break. Hunter's not running for office. They're getting real desperate uh, when that's all you can throw at me in this day and age. Bingo, man. Bingo. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Had a funny meeting this morning because we're getting ready to shoot my stand-up special October the 13th at the Paramount, Huntington, Long Island. You want tickets? Go to Ticketmaster.com. Get some tickets to see me shoot my special. But I bring it back up again, not to shamelessly plug it, but to tell you, we were sitting in the office this morning. We had such a funny laugh because I'm working on my wardrobe for the special. Like, hey, what are you going to wear? You know? And uh, I was talking about a specific sport coat that I needed. Like, I might wear this jacket with these jeans and those boots. I think it's a good, easy look, easy to get around in. It's comfortable. It's not too fancy. It's not too dumbed down. Because this is the thing everyone does at stand-up specials. This is real. If you go watch them on anywhere, Netflix, wherever, it doesn't matter. Okay? Every comic does the same thing. They spend a gazillion dollars to make it look like they didn't try at all. I think he's got a point. No, no, it's spot on. Everybody winds up in really nice jeans, Jordans, and a black T-shirt. It's like so many of the stand-up specials out there. Uh, but they're trying to make it look like, yeah, just, you know, I don't even care. I'm a comic. Who cares? But they very much do care. The reason stand-up special outfits are actually milk toast most of the time is really just because of how it's going to age. You know, you don't want to wear something that you'll hate a year from now or five years from now. That's number one. Number two, you really want the focus to be on your comedy. You know, unfortunately, when you're me, you've created this other expectation because I do dress like an overweight figure skater. So I think people are looking for some type of rhinestone cowboy getup. And unfortunately, you're not going to get it uh, at the actual taping. Yeah, I knew they'd be upset. I knew they'd be upset, but the jokes are going to be good. And so filthy. If you're at the Paramount, I'm just telling you, the year is 1982. We're going to be telling real jokes, real jokes, you understand, where I'm not saying we're going out there to be intentionally offensive. We're not doing anything like that. We're just behaving as if we know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. Uh, We are not going to empower the people who want to censor our speech and our language because here's a newsflash. When they control the language, they control you. He knows what he's talking about. Comics are the last line of defense when it comes to the First Amendment. Uh, In the words of Tom Petty, I won't back down. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? But when it comes to fashion, we were making fun of my wardrobe because uh, I was like, yeah, I got to wear a sport coat. And somebody goes, wow, if you don't want to wear a sport coat, just join the Senate. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Senate dress code is gone. What the hell is the world coming to? Axios reporting Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. You remember good old Chuck Schumer? Chuck Schumer is a clown. Okay, well, Chuck Schumer has axed the dress code that would require legislatures to wear professional attire on the Senate floor. They're calling it the Fetterman rule because Fetterman walks around uh, like I was going to say like an escaped inmate from a Pennsylvania prison, seeing as the inmate was captured wearing the same clothes Fetterman does to the Senate. Okay, Fetterman walks around in a sweatshirt, you know, usually shorts. Okay, this government's been a thing for 247 years. Okay, there used to be something called decorum. Certain scenarios, certain surroundings called for a certain level of dignity. They're now turning the the Senate into like your flying spirit airlines. Guy's going to show up and clip his toenails in the seat. (laughs) People walking around in flip flops. I'm telling you, okay, this little stuff 
matters. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Okay, here is Schumer. He tells Axios, senators are able to choose what they wear on the Senate floor. I will continue to wear a suit. But why is he doing this? He's relaxing our standards. Pure partisanship. He knows people are mad that Fetterman's wearing a hoodie on the floor. Why? Okay, it's decorum. Are you going to tell me if Trump got elected and everybody started showing up in polo golf shirts and everything in between that the media wouldn't lose their mind? And I hate to do the whole whataboutism thing. But when it comes to declining standards in our government, okay, if they're not going to hold themselves to a higher standard, like who is? If the Senate chamber was so sacred that anyone dare walk in and unauthorized to spend the next 33 years in prison as they're doing in the aftermath of January 6th, is there any world where we should be suddenly dialing down the standard of admission for the Senate? I mean, it's absurd. No one's even listening to themselves. It's all performance art. But why is he doing it? They love these little culture war issues, even if they happen at the expense of the country, because it mobilizes their base. So now you'll, they'll, they'll come up with a new term, you know, like racist or transphobic or homophobic. It's going to be like fashion phobic or something like that. Close, closest or something stupid. It'll, it'll be here by the end of the week. Republicans are bashing the dress code. They're anti-stroke victim in Fetterman's case or something of that nature. You know, that's where this heads. And it's little culture war stuff that fires up Democrats because you have to understand they're a very apathetic base right now. Seventy two percent of their base thinks Biden is not mentally fit to serve. I agree with that. Yet they want to keep him on the ticket. As Paul Morrill just so perfectly articulated on Friday. Okay, there's two motivations here. One, the establishment Democrats really want Biden to be president because he's not president. Tell him like it is. It gives the rest of them more power behind the scenes than they would have with a traditional cognitively functioning president. Okay, ergo, Biden becomes the vessel through which so many other people take on power. Okay, it's the good news for them. The bad news for us is you get a bunch of Obama policies as a result. Don't be thick, all right? Okay, but then there's the Biden motivation, which is Joe Biden, if you're watching him, I don't take any joy in saying this. The guy's just cognitively, he's impaired. He's a mess. Again, 72% of the people think Biden's a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and that's with the media. Spending the last two and a half years telling us the guy was perfectly fine. Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's what they did. They spent the first two and a half years of the Trump presidency pretending he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. It was made up by these sick people. But they spent the first two and a half years of the Biden administration being like, Biden sharp as a tack, you guys. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't think you can. Okay, but now that people are telling the truth about Biden, yes, he's cognitively impaired. He's a mess. And if his family cared about him, they wouldn't be putting him through the motions like this, but they have to. Okay, because as Paul Morrow said, he needs to stay on this ticket past Election Day so he can pardon anybody in his family if they wound up getting the business. That's where we find ourselves. His motivation to run again, win or lose, is to hold on to pardon power. Okay, right now we can't pardon anybody because there's no formal charge past the gun charge, past the indictment. But if he pardons him right now, politically, that is an absolute bomb, okay, on his campaign. And they know that. 
So they just want to get through the election. It's like when they decimate the strategic petroleum reserves before the midterms so they can get the price of gas down so you're not as mad at them when you go to vote. Then what happens when the midterms are over? Price of gas goes back up. That's just how white folks will do you. That's where we find ourselves right now. You understand? It's always, always, always about the politics when it comes to always. You know, man error in Maui takes a fire and makes it exponentially worse. What does Biden do? He shows up and goes, ah, it's climate change. It's totally false. And climate change, they, the authorities flat out admitted the mismanagement of the situation exacerbated it. One rode out of Maui. They wouldn't let people go. They roadblocked them. The people who obeyed orders died horrifically. The people who didn't, some of them survived. Okay, there was a lot of mismanagement in Maui that exacerbated the situation. But again, what's the first thing he did is he showed up and he blamed co- climate change with no proof whatsoever the climate impacted it in any way. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Dude, he did it in Florida. Okay, they went down to Florida. And they told us in the aftermath of, of you know, that storm, which thankfully by the grace of God wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. It's bad enough if it impacted you directly. Okay, he showed up and said, nobody can deny the proof of climate change. That's what he said. You're not telling me the truth. Climate change had nothing to do with it. Okay, we were told in the run-up to the storm, climate change, making it so much worse, it's going to be so bad. Where do you see this? And then when it wasn't as bad, what did they say? Well, you know, still climate change, right, guys? I mean, not even close. No, but this is, it's always about the politics with Biden. So brazenly political. That even in this moment, he's running again, doesn't need to win. He just needs he needs to try. He wants to win. They want him to be in power. They want him to be the empty vessel through which the rest of them can usurp power. But for the Biden crime family, it's just stay on the ballot at all costs so you can hold on to that pardon power. Okay, and that seems to be where we find ourselves right now. Okay, when it comes to engaging the base in order to win that election, the Democrats realize they have a lot of work to do. Okay, so they're out there at every turn telling you the impeachment has no evidence, which, of course, is laughably false, starting more culture wars over masks and vaccines, pushing for more of this ridiculousness when it comes to the dress codes in the Senate. Anything that allows their side to say we know better than you. That's what the left is now. It's a stampede of self-righteousness. They don't have policies that anyone wants to vote for. Nobody wants to open the southern border and let 7 million people in. I mean, the Mexican government does. They think it's amazing. People who are on terror watch lists do. They think it's amazing. People that are human traffickers, people who are drug smugglers, coyotes, amazing. But nobody supports Biden's policies at a ballot box. They're terrible. So they get their way by calling everybody else a dirtbag, okay? A transphobe, a homophobe, heaven forbid, a racist. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. And that's where they find themselves now. Okay, we just traded five American hostages today for five Iranian hostages, two of whom are going to remain in America because they don't want to go back to Iran which means the Iranian government had no motivation to get them out anyway. Oh, aside from the fact that we're also giving Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world, $5 billion. That's stupid. Use your common sense. The country that chants death to America in the streets has vowed to blow our ally in Israel off the map. 
getting $5 billion in assets. And the White House claim is, well, they can only spend it a certain way. We're going to check in on them. (laughs) We're going to check in on them. We're going to make sure they only do what we tell them to with the money. And what has the president of Iran already said? We'll spend it on whatever the hell you want. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Stupid people, because the minute they got the money, the minute they got the money, shut up, tell us what to spend it on. Spend it on whatever we want. But that's who these people are. You understand, for the Democrats to win another election, they can't go, look at our foreign policy. We uh, um, left Afghanistan. You know the war we went to for 20 years to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for 9-11 terrorists? Well, we left in charge of... A terror group now running the country with $85 billion worth of our weapons. Biden is such a disaster. But, but but also on foreign policy, okay? You know, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world that wants to blow them up, you know, we did give them $5 billion. So what about that, you guys? Are you stupid or something? That's what we would say. And then they'd be like, well, Ukraine. Uh, you know, Putin's going into Ukraine, and, you know, that's bad. So, um just an unaudited $100 billion. You're not allowed to ask any questions. Uh, not even the question about, hey, are you giving them all this money because they gave your family $20 million? Who would even ask such a thing? Come on, man. What are you, a white supremacist? What are you, a racist? What are you, a misogynist? Anti-climate change? You know, there's trans people over in Ukraine. I mean, you, it's the craziest thing in the world, but that's what they do. They hide behind slander to try and get their way. Do you understand this fashion, this relaxing of standards in the Senate is out there precisely because they know Republicans are going to bash it. And then they could say, oh, they're anti-stroke victim, anti-fat, you know, that's who they are. That's where the trans thing happened. That's how it got to where it is, okay? They realized the Democrats characterize any type of criticism and pushback as hate speech. So they started telling you with no regard for the truth or their dignity or any shame whatsoever – that men could have babies. That's what we were told. That is a fact check false. And everyone knows that. But they continue to claim it's true. Why? Because when we push back against it, they go, why are they attacking trans people? What the hell do they, what's wrong with these Republicans? I'll tell you why you got to vote for us. It's because, you know, these guys are going to get trans people killed. It's unbelievable. And they're willing to do that. Okay, and they're willing to tell little kids they're trapped in the wrong body. I mean, that goes beyond politics. That's money, 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 money. Oh, it pays so well to get your kid on a lifetime supply of surgeries, a lifetime supply of hormone blockers and follow up drugs and everything in between. They love it. But along the way, they get to call you a bigot and a transphobe. They get to try to pass laws in California that will take children away from their parents if their parents aren't on board with the kids self castrating. Really think about that. That's how barbaric and craven they are when it comes to getting power, when it comes to running this country. But if that's how you run it, again, there's not a country left to run. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let me go to the phones right now. Discuss the new dress code in the Senate. Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese. 
Mr. Jimmy Phillip, make it dose we'll from the it. quality state of Wyoming. I'm getting ready to drive by the uh, Perino Ranch <laughs> out here in Newcastle, Wyoming. I will alert and security. Okay, all right. I'm I'm just driving by. I'm not stopping. <laughs> um, but listen, two points, maybe three points. Mm. Point number one: we should never degrade the the dress code of important people, like important people in the Senate, in the yep. House of Representatives, in the President. Like you got to dress the part. Mm-hmm. Point number two: if you want to be successful. In this world, you got to dress like your boss dresses, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be dressed better than everybody else. Because if I show up in flip-flops and shorts and a T-shirt and that ball cap like I usually love to wear, nobody's going to take me seriously. But if I show up in, like, you know, dress pants, button-up shirt and a tie, somebody might actually listen to me. Yep. So there, there's that point, right? Point number three is you have got to surround your, 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 yourself with people that are smarter and better and more educated than you. Mm-hmm. If you want to excel and grow yeah. in your own particular life. Yeah, you want to play to so the competition. You have just got to stay solid, stay firm. And always strive above and surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, better than you, and everything else, right? Yep. Like, I love it. Reese, strive Reese to you're, you're, you're like halfway through a self-help book here. You shouldn't be giving away all these tips. Give them to all the right. publisher. Make this money, Reese. Come on, man. But you're not wrong. Listen, Go ahead. I'm just a guy that's been working in corporate America for over 20 years, and I, I, I've played the game, and I love it. And Good it's job. great, mm-hmm. but it's unfortunate well, that it's gone so damn woke. Yeah, it's not good, Reese. But I'll tell you what, if you get tired of wearing those slacks, you can always run for Senate. The great Reese, we're back after this on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, back in action. On a big Monday episode of Fox Across America, we're going to be talking with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich in this hour about Hunter Biden suing the IRS for the whistleblower who discussed the investigation into the Biden family. Are you the big man, Joe? Looks like a desperate legal maneuver from where I sit, but Attorney General Burnovich is a guy who knows a little bit more about this. A man who has argued cases before the Supreme Court. He will argue a case before you here. 888-788-9910. Also going to be joined in this hour uh, by author of the book Fauci's Fiction, the book on COVID. Uh, This is Michael J. Schwartz, who weighs in on Anthony Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Listen, he's just trying to get booked on TV. Fauci got addicted to hair and makeup. He like when you go on TV, they do your hair, they give you a little makeup, they make you feel pretty and fancy, and you're the center of a lot of attention. And that's why too many TV people have giant egos. Okay, I understand. Am constantly held in check by the reality that I don't look like a TV star. I look like the guy who installed your TV. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. 
And you, you're always right. But a lot of these guys, like Fauci, who were never on TV before, suddenly run every channel known to men. They got addicted to it. So Fauci just gets on TV now and tries to make headlines so he can get on more TV. That's essentially what the guy is. Every time you open, he opens his mouth. That's basically all you're getting out of your, uh, out of Anthony Fauci. You are a sad, strange little man. Well, if we're going to talk about sad, strange little men, uh, it would only be fair that we opened on this Hunter Biden story because this is a very interesting development. Uh, no one knew this was coming. Usually when there's some type of high-level legal maneuver, whether somebody's going to get indicted or anything like that, we usually get a heads-up like 24 hours in advance when you work at a news network. So there's, you know, you can make uh, considerations to be there to film and things like that. Okay, in this instance, people were all caught off guard today by Hunter Biden's attorneys. They filed a lawsuit against the IRS, okay? Monday morning filing from his legal team cites two major examples in IRS agents. These are the whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, two whistleblowers who claimed the IRS mishandled aspects of its investigation into the president's son. Now, I think it'd be impossible to argue they didn't mishandle if for no other reason than because this plea bargain that was supposed to be made that was initially agreed to got thrown out in court. By a judge who was like, no, this is circus stuff. This is silly. The gun charge, the crime charge, you're absolved from all of it and you're indemnified against future crimes. No one looked at that and was like, wait, this is a real thing. They looked at it like, you must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? But knowing, okay, that Hunter Biden is now in this position where the plea deal is thrown out, there could be a closer look into his finances. There's an impeachment inquiry underway into his father which could ultimately involve him being subpoenaed. Here's how Speaker Kevin McCarthy saying so, clip one. The one thing American public has to understand is there's a strategy behind everything. We only follow facts. Hunter Biden will get subpoenaed, but when's the appropriate time? Do you do it because television wants it, or do you do it around the facts and the timing when Comer? I think we should have the bank statements to actually know where did the money go so you would know the questions to ask Hunter Biden, to, to just to subpoena Hunter Biden because you want to fundraise or you want to do something. So, I mean, give him credit for that. Because if you just wanted to fundraise... If you were just doing it for the clicks, I mean, to be honest, you'd subpoena him right now. It'd be the first thing you did. Okay, they are trying to respect the process of impeachment. They are trying to get us clear answers. Hunter Biden is now countersuing to block them from doing so. Do you understand? Oh, the whistleblowers violated my right. That is absolutely the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard in my entire career as a disciplinarian. Just follow the story. This went from there is no laptop, it's fake, all the way up to how dare the IRS talk about this real story. You understand you don't go from one to the other unless there's some impropriety going on. Okay, Hunter Biden, understand, if he wanted to flip, good God, would him or Jim Biden, his uncle, know? Do you realize how much money they made? Guys, this is not a politician talking to you. I am not an activist. I'm not in charge of how you vote. I think most of the Republican Party has been garbage right now. I don't owe them my, like, fealty. Like, I'm just here to look out for one part. No, I'm a talk show host. I don't want that gig. That's terrible. That's soulless. That's performance art. Okay, there's so much garbage in the Republican Party right now. But understand this, okay? If we hold the people in power accountable— you create the scenario that Thomas Jefferson f famously alluded to 
When the government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. Okay, there's a lot of people right now that fear the government. And that's how they've got over on taking away your freedoms, taking away your speech rights, taking away your right to travel during the pandemic. Okay, that's what they do. And where you find yourself right now with this Hunter Biden deal is they were absolutely selling influence. I mean, this is the point I'm trying to make here. We know of at this point $20 million. That's been identified, factually identified that we know of there's been $20 million made from the Biden family through Russian oligarchs, companies in Ukraine, everything in between, okay? But they don't have a declared business. Do you understand? So they've made $20 million over the course of various transactions. Do we know what they actually do for a living? The answer would be no. Like they don't have a name of a carpet cleaning. You know what I mean? Daycare, which they, listen, they're not going to have a daycare. They don't want Biden sniffing all the kids. But I'm just saying in general, okay, they don't have a declared business, not a roller rink, not an ice cream shop, nothing. Okay. They just have shell companies with undeclared business interests. They've moved the money through 15 shell companies in some instances into the bank accounts of their grandchildren. Does that sound like a legitimate upstanding business enterprise? The answer would be no. And when you throw in the fact that sitting at the top of the whole thing is a guy who's now the president of the United States that was then the vice president, I'll tell you straight up. Me and Paul, Paul Morrow and I, we had this discussion Friday after we got off the air. Okay, if you heard that fascinating interview on Friday, if you didn't, go to foxacrossamerica.com. Pick up some Fox merchandise, foxacrossamerica.com. It's there. You can wear it. You can wear one of my hats. If you buy a shirt or something, you bring it to a stand-up show, I will sign the hell out of it. I will. It'd be great. But understand, okay, that Paul Morrow interview, we basically summed it up perfectly. Biden was Obama's vice president, thought he was done in politics after that. The conventional wisdom in Washington had Hillary Clinton being the nominee and Hillary Clinton serving eight years in office. Wrong. Didn't quite work out that way. But for those intervening years of the Obama administration, when it looked like Biden was done in Washington for good, started out in 73, okay, would now be in his early 80s. He'd be in his early 80s if he was running for office right now for the first time. He understands unfathomable. Okay, Biden worked with his son to assume uh, to put together some type of a golden parachute. Ah, We spent all this time in Washington. Let's use the remaining couple of years to cash out, make some money off of this deal. And we can go off and retire with, a, you know, tens of millions of dollars in the bank. That's essentially what this reads like to anybody paying attention, not to Republicans paying attention, not to people who are politically motivated paying attention, just to people who want to know the truth. OK, the level of lie that's been told. And then when you see Hunter Biden suing them for even acknowledging the particulars of an investigation, folks, if investigations leaking to the press is a crime, Everyone who worked on the Mueller probe would be dying in prison right now. They had about three billion leaks when they were telling us Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Here's another leak. If true, the walls are closing in. You know, that whole thing. Every day. That was the media. That was the MO. That was the playbook. Every day they leaked something. Do you remember when Rachel Maddow got the Trump tax returns and then they blew up in her face because it turns out he made more money and paid more taxes? than Bernie Sanders or Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But we were told he was the worst. He didn't pay. She's got the tax returns. She's going to go to jail. She didn't have the right to have him, but they didn't arrest her. 
But here's Hunter Biden suing because what happened to him happened to some of the Republicans. And to be clear, okay, what the whistleblowers said is that they were stopped from doing their due diligence. That was the claim. That's why the whistle was blown. Hey, we wanted to look here. We wanted to look here. They told us we couldn't. We wanted to look into emails that said Biden got 50% of the money. We couldn't. Okay, is that a legitimate investigation? The answer would be no. But the fact that they're now trying to conduct one and Hunter Biden is suing them instead is telling you everything you need to know about the legitimacy of these business dealings. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and I will tell you this in the interest of full disclosure. Whenever they book a doctor on this show, I assume they've scheduled an intervention for me. Uh, A lot of hard living being done out on the road doing comedy. You guys see me on TV. But I can confirm this doctor is not joining us to stave an intervention for me. Uh, He may be staving one for our country as it returns to public health initiatives. Uh, He is the author of Fauci's Fiction, the book on COVID. Dr. Michael J. Schwartz on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me so much. Thanks for not uh, telling me you love me and I need to change everything about my lifestyle. We thought this was an intervention. (laughs) No, and I'm a research doctor, just to be clear. So, you know, I've got three different uh, clicks in the U.S. and uh, we, we derived a lot of data on COVID over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, we are aware. Uh, it's a very fascinating book. Uh, you, of course, are the author, uh, the subtitle, How the Government and Modern Medicine Missed the Boat on COVID-19 from Day One. Now, let me ask you this question as a research doctor. Uh, let's start in opinion territory. Uh, is it your opinion that they missed the boat uh, in good faith, or was there a motivation to miss the boat, meaning there were certain um, maybe priorities when it came to maybe the origins of COVID and stuff like that? You know, I don't get into that in okay. the book itself. No, 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 that's fine. I'm I'm happy to give okay. you my opinion because I get asked this on every interview. And I mean, I think if you look at the data, it's kind of obvious. You know, mm. at this point, when you when you see what if they knew what we knew uh, three years ago, and I don't think they could have not known, uh, then then it's it's kind of obvious that they had some kind of a motivation. But I don't I don't get into that specifically. In the book. I just wanted to give facts and data so that okay. everybody else can make their, up their own mind. Okay, fair. Um, when you look at the facts and data. Uh, what would be the 20,000-foot view of how they missed this? Is it something about the way we test? What would you say? Yeah, you know, I think from, from the beginning, we didn't get clear on the language. I mean, still to this day, three years in, everyone is talking a different language when it comes to COVID. And I, it could be, you know, something really simple as, you know, the difference between uh, quarantine versus isolation, just just something stupid like that. But testing is a big one. I mean, we're using rapid tests, which don't really give you, you cannot diagnose COVID on a rapid test. We're doing that. We're actually shipping them to, you know, household, eight per household. PCR way is the, PCR test is the only way to properly diagnose COVID. But when we have a sick person in our office, we use something called a respiratory pathogen panel. And what we found, Jimmy, was that at 19,000 patients and my 4,000 positive, 
90% of those were asymptomatic mild. And the ones who were actually sick usually had a co-infection. This is something we didn't talk about during COVID, but we learned a lot from doing mass testing. Uh, we did about 44,000 tests in total, and those were from all over the country in my clinics in multiple states. Wow. We're talking to Dr. Michael J. Schwartz. The book is Fauci's Fiction. How the government and modern medicine missed the boat on COVID-19 from day one. Well, what I'm noticing right now is they're very much creating an opportunity for you to write a follow-up book because it sounds like they want to bring a lot of this stuff back in terms of public health initiatives. Isn't that crazy? You know, I, I never enforce a mask mandate in my office, and it's, it's funny to see that around the country. These people really need to understand that we don't wear masks for viruses. They just don't work. Mm-hmm. And we actually get folks that are sicker that come in with staph infections most of the time when they, when they wear these all, all day. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it is quite a comical. I hate to say that because people's lives are affected by this. And, you know, we've known this data for years. The problem was to get censored all the time, even with the book. And, by the way, and it's part of these on radio because the cover is a depiction of Fauci mm-hmm. as a Pinocchio uh, doll with a nose coming through the mask. And a lot of people are buying this, you know, specifically for the cover. And then when they read it, even liberals will call me up and say, hey, there's a lot of information I didn't know that I wish I knew three years ago. And I think that's kind of the point of the book. We knew all this three years ago. I've done long form interviews, uh, one particular on uh, Calderice Unleashed over two years ago, where most of the data in this book was in that interview. But the government keeps banning us, social media censoring us, even Amazon right now, won't let me promote the book due to what they say is current events. I mean, you've you've got to, at this point, I think that really needs to get out to the public. Well, I think that's one of the biggest challenges and why people will appreciate reading this book. And I think this is what I would say to people listening. Everybody has somebody in their life that they disagree with over COVID, one way or the other, whether it's the vaccine or masking or lockdowns. Uh, This is a great gift for someone to buy someone else. (laughs) who doesn't agree with them one way or the other because there's a lot of truth in here. And I and I think people have had a hard time finding truth when it comes to COVID because most of the people distilling it had a motivation to maybe share their truth, uh, the truth they needed told and things of that nature. So in that regard, uh, you are doing the, law, the Lord's work. The book is called Fauci's Fiction, the book on COVID. It's Dr. Michael J. Schwartz. Do you think that we could ever get back to a place because faith in public health initiatives has been eroded, you know, profoundly. What would be the steps they could take to maybe get us pointed in the right direction again? Oh, I think we got a long road to hoe there, Jimmy. You yeah. know, it, it, folks that we had a lot of faith in the medical community until this happened. And these same doctors who are recommending these va- vaccines, for example, and I read about some of the issues that folks are seeing with the vaccines. A lot of the same guys and gals who recommended the vaccines are the same ones who shut their offices down during the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them going off CDC recommendations, which were proven to be wrong, studies on masks that, that weren't very Sheesh. good studies in the first place. Uh, and the book kind of explains all of that in totality. And that was the purpose of writing this, was to give somebody that 30,000-foot view so they can really understand it in total. So the next time they get into an argument, a discussion, or whatever have you, you know, yeah. I've got folks buying this, like you said, as a gift for people mm-hmm. to say, hey, here's the real deal on this. This is from somebody who practiced on the ground and saw this firsthand. How do we get back to normalcy? I think it's going to take a really long time. And unfortunately, if another pandemic pop up, I don't think the country as a whole has learned very much about what we went through the last three years. That's the biggest problem is that we're living in shared realities, which I think is so crazy. Who do you trust more, Dr. Dre or Dr. Fauci? Definitely Dr. Dre. Dre all the way, huh? But have you heard Fauci rap? I haven't. I haven't. I've seen him throw out a first pitch, though. I was bad enough. Oh, well, hey, in his defense, he made sure nobody caught anything. 
when you wear when you wear three masks, <laughs> listen, honestly, this is the best way, and this is how you should be marketing this book going forward. Because I was sitting here reading it. Okay, I'm not kidding. We're sitting at the um, it was the antibody and antibody test chapter. It was chapter nine or ten antibodies and antibody tests. Um, I'm sitting there reading this, and I'm saying to myself, this is a gift book. People should be buying people who disagree with them on COVID this book, because regardless of whether or not you're Republican or Democrat, we just really want to have the truth. So when you talk about the long road to hoe, I think agreeing on reality would be a good place to start the argument. No. First, step, I, I wish we could have went on TV, you know, three years ago. Said, yeah. "Hey, here's how viruses transmit." Yeah, right. You'd be locked really up did. right now. I, if I had a TV show three years ago, I'd be locked up for interviewing you. I mean, you're right, but yeah. goodness, goodness gracious. Um, yeah, they don't. They yeah, don't like the truth. No, no, the truth is not their friend. Uh, but if you, if the truth is your friend, they should buy a copy of this book, Fauci's Fiction: The Book on COVID. Uh, Doctor Schwartz, great hang. We'll do it again. All right, man. Thank you so much, Jimmy. You Appreciate have a, it. You have a great day. Uh, He's telling you the truth when he says, though, the Fauci thing, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, Getting him out of the public eye was addition by subtraction. Get him out of here. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Holden this dang country together one radio break at a time 888-788-9910 if you want to sing back up on the show we're going to be talking to the former attorney general of arizona coming up here shortly a lot of crazy developments going on right now this russell brand story unfolding as we speak uh he's being accused of everything known to man uh, I don't have the particulars on Diddy or Didney. Uh, I'm just going to continue to follow it uh, with a jaundiced eye initially, if only because none of this stuff happened until he started to aggressively criticize the regime in Washington. Now, does that mean he's completely innocent? I have no idea. It just means the timing of this. Very, very suspicious, if I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a woo. I admire your honesty. There you go. But one way or the other, we're all entitled to our opinions. Uh, this is America. Do you remember good, good old-fashioned America, that whole song and dance? We, freedom! Remember that? Still kind of exists on this show. Uh, you have the freedom to say what you want. You have the freedom to blow a 20-point lead to the New York Giants if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan. Uh, joining us now is a man who might know a thing or two about that, former Attorney General of the great state of Arizona, Mark Burnovich, back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, uh, too soon, as they say in the business, right? Oh, were you uh, were you at the game or no? Um, no, I was okay. not at the game because, um, honestly, uh, yes, the, I, the Cardinals are going to have a terrible season. I think we all know that. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray's a slacker. And so if uh, you're a betting person, go ahead and uh, bet against the Cardinals. Whoa, Burnovich throwing his hometown team right under the bus. Oh, hey, but look, Jimmy, I will tell you this, though. You know what I was doing this weekend while I was out with my amazing wife is um, watching the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks (laughs) beat the Chicago Cubbies. Um, and, you know, number two in that wild card yep. uh, playoff race. I, I, Tori Lovello is a great, great manager. I yep. mean, not, not to talk too much sports here, but there's no one on the Diamondbacks hitting over 300. I mean, they have like a negative 
30 yeah. run differential, whatever. I mean, they're doing less with more. And so um, Diamondbacks are the team to watch if you're in Arizona. Well, no, there you go. Mark Brnovich. He's also like a local tourism ambassador. He'll tell you where to spend your sports <laughs> dollar. That's why you book the guy on the show. I mean, you're going to get a lot out of Brnovich. That's the thing. Well, well I, I will ahead. tell you what, Jimmy. You should have had me on last week because I would have given you my guaranteed airtight prediction, which was take South Carolina in the points. Um, the dogs will not cover the spread. So, Whoa. Um, what do, I mean, who even – yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, man. You're like a Swiss Army guest. Gambling picks, <laughs> tourists. This is amazing, Brnovich. Come on, man. We should, you should be calling into Fox Sports. What are you calling into Fox News for? What's going on here? I think because you know this yeah, is a uh, – yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so yes, I was going to say maybe I can replace uh, Stephen A., who seems to be the go-to guy on sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, that will, Well, that would be ESPN. So you got – listen, the point is – you, the sun never sets yeah, on the Bernovich. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He shows up and does Hannity. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, here in New York, uh, we got a lot of people showing up. We got a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of showing up is going on. I don't know if you saw the video this morning of the. Uh, other than the Jets quarterback Zach Wilson, right? Oh, there you go. Well, oh. he sh- he shows up if his mom's best friend calls him over. There's that. But uh, that's another story for another time. <laughs> let's, this is this is going to descend into a Lauren Bobart joke pretty quickly. Uh, let's try to stay oh, on the rails. Let's try let's, to. Let's, by the way, no, no, Bernovich, let's have this talk. You're the one guy I can have this talk with, okay? Yeah. If if the slander on the Democrats, like you know, this Lauren Bobart was uh, groping a guy in a theater, that's not going to lose her votes, dude. Like that that's a, oh. a lot of people like never considered her before going to be like, you know, I wasn't sure about this Bobart gal, but whoa, she's doing what in the theater? I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember back in the day when it was like Jessica Hahn and yep. Jennifer Flowers, whatever, they'd get those sweet like six-figure deals from like yep. uh, Playboy and Penthouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Bobart plays this right, man. She's going to have her own um, Cinemax, <laughs> Cinemax, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's Larry Flint on this one? Somebody should be offering money. Come on, Heather. Well, Crazy. Putting, she put the whole new meeting to uh, working to pull up the theater, right? Oh, bang. Mark Bernovich is here. Firing on all cylinders. All right, well, let's talk about it now uh, that we've gotten the morning zoo portion of the show out of the way. We've done the, yeah. we've done the sports show. We've done the zoo show. <laughs> Woo. All right, let's, let's go somewhere more tasteless now, like politics. Um, here's the answer, okay? Uh when I'm seeing what's going on right now, there was a video this morning. It was filled with migrants ripping through Mexico on a train heading up to New York. Now, Mexico on some level knows this is going on. So start there for me as a former Arizona attorney general. Does Mexico want these people coming here? Trump used to say that. Is that actually true? Oh, I think that um, they do want them coming here because then they don't have to deal with the problem. I think the one big mistake the Biden administration has made, though, is that these people are fleeing, you know, socialism and poverty in their own countries. What makes the Biden and the Democrats think they're going to vote for that when they become, you know, uh, Americans? And yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, in all seriousness, I know we joke around yeah. a lot, but I mean, it is. I mean, you and I have talked about this for the last two years. I was on your show before talking about how this was an invasion and a lot of people came at me hard from the right and the left, you know, using those terms. And, and now you hear every Republican presidential candidate talk about in those terms because it's not only financially, um, you know, when you talk about health care costs, education costs. I mean, the systems are being overwhelmed in all these cities. And I just think it's ironic that now you finally have, you know, places like, you know, New York and even Chicago, you know, talking about how they need help. Um, and they just have a, a sliver of what states are seeing every day. And, and once again, Jimmy, you know, it's not just the financial costs. 
but we, we, the Biden administration has allowed the cartels to seize operational control of the southern border. And I've been thinking a lot about this. Mm-hmm. And if I were still involved in politics, I'm not. What I think the Republican presidential candidates need to do is they need to say when they're president, they will have the Department of Justice prosecute any mayor or governor out there that's declaring their states sanctuary cities or sanctuary states and encouraging people to break the law. And I think that, um, you know, we've seen the left weaponize, uh, you know, criminal justice agencies. Well, I think you need to have a Republican president say that the department, the future Department of Justice will go after mayors and governors uh, for encouraging and facilitating illegal immigration. I think people would get behind that, by the way, because the average person kind of gets it now. You know, we there was yeah. like we turned a blind eye. We didn't. But I'm saying, uh, you know, most of the media didn't acknowledge this. It, it took them showing up in liberal cities for it to happen. What was so funny is when DeSantis relocated 42 migrants to Martha's Vineyard and everyone yeah. accused him of human trafficking. Every single one of these liberal mayors now is like, we got to ship them somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. We're living it, it in. Really, re- Go ahead. No, I said it's really dehumanizing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, no, I'm just we're living in the death of shame. People don't know shame anymore. It's fascinating to watch, oh. but they don't. It's all performance art. It's clownery. Um, give me this, though. Let's go in a different direction. You're a former attorney general. Yeah. You know things. Um, Hunter Biden suing the IRS, okay, is a fascinating move to me. I mean, I get why they're doing it. It's probably because they just want to deny any further look into his finances. Um, is that is that where you start on this thing? Like, what was your takeaway when you heard that? Um, well, my first takeaway was I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, um, Hunter has gone right from the bottle and straight to the rock. Oh. I mean, because, uh, I mean, it really is a, a ballsy move. I mean, I, <laughs> I was about to say, I haven't seen a ballsy move like that since the video of the Colorado theater with. Uh, Whoa, he's going are. with his Bobert material. Holy back. It's I love it. Are, it's all coming back to that. No, but I mean, look, it, it, look, I mean, this is part of the old tried and true strategy when, you know, you're kind of cornered that you go on the offense. Um, but the reality is, is that the sad reality is, as you, you recall, when President Obama was in charge, you had the IRS targeting and deliberately going after conservative groups. Um, you have the Biden administration now ramping up um, the number of IRS agents that, um, you know, are going to be overseeing our taxes. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, the, the left, claims that there's no evidence for any sort of impeachment or any sort of crimes involving Hunter Biden. I think the reality is, is that there's so much evidence that no one knows where to start. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I just think this is in so many ways it's a sad day for America. I mean, I was watching the news this morning and they were talking about, you know, the $6 billion in sanction money that we're going to unfreeze and give Iran. And I just couldn't help but think to myself that when it comes to selling power and influence to foreign countries, the Biden family um, makes sure everyone is going to pay their fair share, even if it ends up being the American taxpayers. Oh, it's sick. We're talking to former Arizona Attorney yeah. General Mark Burnovich. But it's 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 fascinating to watch this play out because it went from, you know, there is no laptop, there is no business. to We've dis, we've <laughs> descended all the way down to I'm now suing the IRS for even talking about it, which, again, well, think about yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, how hypocritical the left is, is that for years we've heard, oh, my gosh, we need more gun laws. Oh, my gosh, we need to vigor, you know, enforce gun laws. And, you know, now, and I will tell you this even as a former federal prosecutor, yeah, people have been prosecuted exactly for what Hunter Biden being prosecuted for. I mean, especially, you know, lying on federal forms mm-hmm. and, you know, what he did with that gun. So all of a sudden now you've got hardcore, 
you know, Democrats, hardcore people on the left saying, oh, well, this is no big deal. I mean, you know, yeah. everyone, you know, dumps a gun near a playground. Oh, everyone lies on their federal gun forms. Right? I mean, it's just so patently ridiculous. And that, that's the one thing about the hypocrisy of the left. It's like, you know, just be intellectually honest. If you want to be anti-gun and you want to vigorously enforce gun laws, then my goodness, enforce them against Hunter Biden because he's the poster child for privilege and um, you know, what, you whatever we call it nowadays, you know, there's it's a lot. There's a lot privilege. going on. I listen. I have I've I saw those laptop photos. Uh, just put some clothes on. That would be my only real concern at this point. You know, the investigators will figure out what they figure out. But uh, uh, Hunter Biden, man, uh, no, just, nowhere in the there's no clothes nowhere in the, in the laptop. Uh, as I said, you might appreciate uh, it's so more more packages than a women's swim team. I mean, it was crazy. I didn't know what I was looking at. Uh, last but not least, uh, and then I I will let you go as a prosecutor, because I have this theory, okay, that oftentimes, like if you're solving a murder, okay, you don't generally have a video of the guy killing the other person. Most times you have, you know, evidence and a a series of lies that lead you in the direction of, whoa, this guy's clearly hiding something. And that increases your interest in him as a suspect. You know, if you were solving a cr- this crime in terms of the Bidens peddling foreign influence and it started with Biden lying about the legitimacy of the laptop and then lying about meeting the business partners and then lying about knowing about the business, and then lying about talking to the son. At this point, wouldn't you be concerned that he was, in fact, uh, concealing something of greater importance? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I will tell you that, you know, as a prosecutor, you never have to prove motive. But juries, people want to hear that. And so, you know, I think it's important to, you know, once again, there's been a lot of talk about Ukraine and Russia and everything else going on. But the bottom line is before, you know, Russia attacked Ukraine, I mean, Ukraine was in the bottom 20 percent when it came to countries fighting corruption. It's a very they're very corrupt. Um, And so you start with looking at, okay, you have a country that's very corrupt where it's pay to play. And then you look at Biden's phone call, what happened? And then when you start deconstructing all of Hunter Biden's, um, you know, dealings where he's getting these yeah. six and seven figure deals for essentially being the vice president's son, because no way on any God's green earth is anyone going to pay him yeah. for his experience unless, once again, scoring drugs or even hey. smuggling drugs into the White House. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a band um, might hire him, but not a government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at that. Exactly. Everyone needs like, yeah, what is the, the roadie? Right. Yeah. You need to go for it. Those scorious something. But no, but I mean, so the bottom line is, is that you look at, you know, the motive, the opportunity. And, you know, I, I think clearly, I mean, there, there's overwhelming evidence, as I said. I mean, the reality is I think there's so much evidence right now, circumstantial evidence. You don't know where to start. Um, but I do think that if, if Congress, you know, needs to, I mean, all these people in Congress, they always talk about, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Shucks. They haven't even, uh, they were going to, they said they were going to um, impeach Mayorkas. They haven't even done that. No. I mean, and, and after everything that's happened and the tens of thousands of lives that are lost. So, I mean, the reality is, is that Congress should be getting the bank records um, and they should be subpoenaing, you know, the IRS to make sure that they, they turn over that information. And then you can deconstruct. You can start looking at fund transfers. For example, was there a fund transfer shortly after Biden's call? We know that the federal government gave money to Ukraine, but at the same time, what was the timeline where money then went from Ukrainian business companies to Hunter Biden? And then you can start constructing that through circumstantial evidence and through inferences um, that basically there was a pay-to-pay pay to pay to play scheme, 
and that Joe Biden, you know, wasn't pulling an Al Roker and talking to people about the weather. He was clearly, you know, sending a signal, sending a signal that, um, yeah, he's the big guy. And, you know, Hunter has his blessing for what he's done. <laughs> Spot on. Bernovich, not going to take it. In the words of Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. How about that? That's good. I'll good see. stuff, right? Let's <laughs> name that tune. Uh, always nice yes, talking. Gonna... Go ahead. What's up? No, no, no. I was I was about to make a Twisted Sister reference, but um, you know, don't you remember that video where they had the guy from Animal House? You're worthless and weak. Stop <laughs> and give me twenty. Dean Wormer. We're not going to take it. <laughs> the great Dean. Listen, you, you, you're always going to win. I want to rock, brother. Yes, you're going to win. Mark Bernovich wants to rock. Uh, although I got yeah. bad news. I think if you do this show enough, you're going to burn in hell, as they once sang. Uh, but we love you. Be well, man. I'll see you soon, brother. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Jimmy. My man, the great Mark Bernovich. There he goes. There we go back after this. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910, the phone number. If you've been following this Lauren Bulbert story... Uh, she got a little frisky in a movie theater. I love it when you talk dirty. Uh, we found this fascinating over here on the Fox Across America side of town. Uh, people were upset. She was allegedly thrown out of a movie theater for vaping and grubbing, <laughs> groping the guy uh, she was with uh, pretty suggestively. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But what's funny is like the Democrats really giving her a beating over this one. And we're less than a week removed from a Democratic congresswoman streaming her porn, streaming her sex life online. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't know, but the Democrats told us it was women's empowerment and that you couldn't criticize her for that because you were slandering women by giving them a hard time for having these needs and having to share it with the world. Democrats are so full of crap. Because here they are screaming at Lauren Boebert, who I uh, would assume... Just committed the offense of not filming it herself to share on the Internet. What else could be the Democrat argument? I don't know Bobert personally. I, I've told a story on the show. I was at a cocktail party in D.C. once uh, where she was there. Uh, there was a lot of media there, and she was absolutely on the prowl. I don't mean to, like, meet somebody and date them. I just mean, like, she definitely wanted media attention. And I uh, was walking around, like, forcing eye contact on everybody there. I mean, maybe maybe she – I don't know what she wanted. Maybe I blew that one. Here I was thinking, nah, no thanks. I don't want to interview you. Who knew? Maybe it was something – I had I had no idea. Come on. Hubba, hubba. Stop it. Being silly. But the double standard of it all. Howard Stern was trashing her before. Howard Stern again, a guy who was the king of all media until he became such a whiny dork. He's now like the Prince Harry of all media, just complaining. Uh, but he said she's a disgrace to the country. Did they devote a segment last week to bashing the Virginia uh, Congress nominee who's filming her porn and streaming it online? The answer would be no. No. And when since when is Howard Stern, who made his whole career, on debauchery and strippers and going to the back room at scores, suddenly mad about women who get frisky in movie theaters. This is where politics denies people their self-awareness. And they do stupid things like this. I'm telling you, thank God you got me because I'll at least give you perspective. I know I don't look like I have any self-awareness, but there's like a scintilla, and we'll share it in the next hour. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, there he is. Back in action, hour number three on Fox Across America. We're going to be talking with Joe Concha, superstar media reporter over at The Hill. We're still in ongoing negotiations with Lincoln Fela's agent. He might be stopping by to preview the Clark Rams game, uh, which I don't know if it's going to get rained out. It's a mess here on the East Coast. Uh, but I do know I'll be calling Jenny regularly for updates because your radio buddy has to go to the doctor after this. I'm fine. I just tell you guys way too much. Uh, but in the run-up uh, to finishing my book, which you'll hear all about because the release date is going to be announced soon, and uh, shooting my stand-up special, uh, I was doing a lot of typing, a lot of writing, and I got a little inflammation in my shoulder, and I got to go get it looked at. So uh, that's happening after the show today. With any luck, if I can get across town in New York City, uh, which is <laughs> not always easy. It's pretty violent right now. You get on the subway, you walk across town, I, and everybody's politically divided, and they want to fight. And Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Uh, we'll see. 888 9910. Uh, they are not letting Kristen Welker get away with interviewing Donald Trump on Meet the Press. That's what we're going to be talking to, to Concha about. And uh, I also want to have a word with you about the performance art taking place at MSNBC, not just in regards to Trump, but in regards to Kamala Harris. So it's a funny story. It's a funny thing going on right now. Okay. The media really wants to get rid of Joe Biden. You know that. Okay. 72% of the country thinks he's mentally unfit. 70% of Democrats want another candidate. Okay, they don't even want him in the race because they don't think he knows he's in the race. We have a president that is clearly not all there. So then the then the issue becomes, okay, you've got till the end of October because of the filing deadline to replace him with somebody else. Okay, you've heard talk of Gavin Newsom, maybe Gretchen Whitmer throws her hat in the ring. And then, of course, there's the people telling us, wow, why don't we just hand it off to President Kamala? No! God, no, God, please, no, no, no. And that's not just Republicans saying no. Okay, Kamala is the least popular vice president in the history of the country. Do you understand? In the history of the country. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) But if, in fact, Biden goes through with this, if, in fact, Biden is the nominee. Okay, there's no world where they're going to nominate Kamala. There's no if people thought Kamala was formidable. Biden would be off the ticket already. Okay, we know he's doing all of the things that tell you, yeah, he probably shouldn't be there. If 72% of the country says he's not mentally fit to run again, that's not Republicans. That's a big percentage of Democrats saying, no, this guy's guy's a mess. Okay, we all watch what goes on, wandering out in the middle of ceremonies, shaking hands with invisible people. The time he was at FEMA when he wandered off into the audience and they had to go get him. I mean, it's a mess. He's the wanderer. That's who he is. Okay, and... If Kamala Harris was powerful, like if they had a strong backup QB, you know, Joe Montana would have been traded to the Chiefs by now and Steve Young would be starting. Okay, but this is not the 49ers. This is not a dynasty. This is a last place team that's run by clowns. So they're trying to thread this very delicate needle, which is they want Biden to run again if he can win because it gives a lot of them power behind the scenes. The problem is. As hard as they're going to hide Biden in the 2024 election if he's the nominee, meaning they're going to keep indicting Trump. The media is going to run against Trump. 
They're going to be the surrogates for the Biden campaign. They're going to minimize Joe Biden's public appearance schedule because we know he was in no appearance to speak off the cuff four years ago. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Do you think they're going to let that guy get out there and do live media events four years later? There's no chance. Right now, he doesn't do press conferences. He doesn't call on reporters ahead of time. He calls on a pre-selected list of reporters. You got to do better than that. I mean, if you're going to campaign, you got to do better than that because you're going to face live ammo. There's going to be real spontaneity from these reporters. But Joe Biden, they have bumper bowled for him for every, every instance of his public life. And what you're running into now, okay, is there's this really fine needle to thread where Biden could very well be the nominee, but there's going to be so much attention paid to his vice president because just looking at the actuary tables in this country, okay, there's a one in four chance that Kamala would become the next president of the United States at some point during the Biden term. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. So the problem the media is having is they do want to whack Biden, but they're also dealing with the reality that they might not be able to, at which point they need to prop up Kamala, okay? There is a consideration being made to how do we bash one but kind of keep the other, and they're going back to the old tried and true, which is to say people are only criticizing Kamala because they're bigots. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Well, at least that's what they're trying. I can't promise you they're going to go along with this stupid idea, but the attempt is being made. Here's Aaron Haynes on MSNBC, clip 13. Well, you know, I think, you know, because the vice president is in a historic role, a lot of times you have uh, a a political uh, press that is, frankly, white and male and that is used to covering uh, politicians that don't look like Vice President Harris. And so uh, this is leadership that that is kind of hard for them to uh, necessarily uh, understand. Uh, This is not the vice president's role is not something that that traditionally uh, we have paid a lot of attention to. (laughs) And yet, because uh, she is she is somebody that is doing this for the first time as somebody who uh, is is a black woman, uh, we are that does draw increased scrutiny, I think, uh, to, to the role. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing. Okay, when you tell the the white male political press has no idea how to cover a black female VP. I mean... That was absolutely dreadful. And why do I bring this up again and again and again? Because she wants you to believe Kamala's low poll numbers are the end result of white men. Republicans are racists. But she fails to mention that Kamala Harris ran for president as a Democrat and was polling at 1% with Democrats. Oh, wow! So if we're all a bunch of racists who can't deal with a black woman, what does that make the Democrats? I think he's got a point. Okay, at the very least, they'd have to be racist, too, if these are the rules of the game. She wasn't the only one, though. Here's Molly Jong Fast, who's a straight circus act on MSNBC, clip 14. She was there also before about abortion. I mean, she has been quick to jump on a plane and give a very passionate and very good speech. And I think she's been amazing. And I think that the reason that she has had such a tough time is because there is so much racism and so much sexism. And it's so pervasive and it's so baked in to our mainstream media and to our society as a whole, that she cannot get a fair shake. 
Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, none at all. Okay, it's the baked in to our, you know, sexism and racism into our mainstream media. Yo, there is no race, there is no sex that we would approve of if they did a job as bad as Kamala. Okay, understand, she's the border czar. She has presided over 7 million illegal border crossings, the highest number in the history of the country. Is there a race out there that could turn in that performance and we'd go, good job? The answer would be no. No. Is there a gender? The answer would be no. No, she's terrible, dude. And she speaks in redundant cliches. She is a very inauthentic person. It's the pursuit of doing things better than we have done and seeing what is possible unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. We see what can be unburdened by what has been. This is a fight that is born out of seeing and knowing what can be and believing in that, unburdened by what has been. Knowing and believing and having faith in what can be, unburdened by what has been. Knowing what can be, unburdened by what has been. To see what can be, unburdened by what has been. (laughs) You're a loony. I don't know what's going on. That's crazy. But the point is, it's so inauthentic. She's so uncomfortable inside of herself that we get that stupid, nervous Woody Woodpecker laugh in situations where it doesn't even belong. (laughs) And like when you look at this and you see people retreating to race, the level of desperation. But what drives me so crazy about it is, you know, we live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. So there's a lot of people out there. If you tell them, oh, no, you know, she sucks because of the racism. They're just racist. Okay, the average person doesn't know, okay, that the Democrats had her polling at 1%. They go, oh, really? Yeah, she's racist? All right, well, I guess we should support her because the other people are racism. They do it because it's effective. But you understand when you tell people that something is racist, if they believe it emotionally, if they believe it and grasp it intellectually, you've just divided society with no regard for how that's going to impact relations. You know, with no regard for the toxic effect that's going to have on our culture just because you want to win an election. Okay, Kamala's race, Kamala's gender has nothing to do with anything. Nobody cares. Okay, it, like it's so funny. Republicans elected Winsome Sears in Virginia as the lieutenant governor with an overwhelming majority. She was the first woman to hold, okay, a statewide majority in such a high-level position in the state of Virginia. Did the Democrats run any we-did-it pieces for Winsome Sears? The answer would be no. As a black woman, as a Jamaican woman, did they acknowledge that that was— The answer would be no. Republicans have a woman, okay, on the presidential ballot, Nikki Haley, a minority herself, who's pretty damn popular. She's drawing huge rallies. Okay, could she be doing that if everybody was a bunch of racist misogynists? The answer would be no. No, no one's bad at mad at Kamala because of her race or her gender. They're mad or disappointed or turned off by Kamala because she sucks. Tell them like it is. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Got Joe Concha coming up in the next break. Going to talk a little Monday Night Football. That's a big deal in my house. That's how we paid and did not pay the rent uh, for several years, gambling on football. Uh, we will also get into, of course, Trump's Meet the Press interview on NBC. Talk about some of the controversies going on in the media right now. If the world makes you feel like you need a timeout, you know, you could just, I don't know, pull the plug, go to one of my stand-up shows. We got one coming up in Idaho Falls, Saturday night, October the 28th. The word on the street is Richard's going to be there. Richard, is that true? You bet. You better believe I'm going to be here. Oh, that's uh, great. We're looking forward to seeing the Fox News court jester in person. <laughs> I'm telling you now, just so you understand, what I do in a stand-up show is a lot different than what I do on TV. Not that much different than radio. But the point is, we're having a really good time, but it's stand-up. So I'm saying a lot of things I could not say on a TV screen. So buckle up. Yeah, well, better, better hurry up and get your tickets because they're going fast. Whoa, that's the spirit. That's what I love to hear. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to be in Montana the night before. I'm driving down to Idaho Falls that day. I'll be down there in the morning for breakfast. Do you have a recommendation for me? Uh, wow, there's Smitty's is a kind of Smitty's a, is great. I ate. Do you know I ate at Smitty's with Jenny and Lincoln once? Oh, okay. It was great. Well, been there before. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I was there with Jenny and Lincoln, and then we went to Bear World. And then we oh. went to uh, Preston, Idaho, because Lincoln loves the movie Napoleon Dynamite. So we went to Preston High, where they filmed the movie, and we ate some tots at Big J's. Yeah. Well, I just want to say Idaho Falls, Idaho, is what America used to be. Yes, that's a great point. There's, like, freedom. People have bought into, you know, the fact that we're as lucky as we are, and people got each other's backs. Idaho Falls, Idaho is like, when you think of the Jason Aldean song, Small Town, doesn't it kind of have that same vibe? That's it. Yeah. yeah, we got a lot of weenies over in Boise that keep messing with us, but we're doing okay. <laughs> I got to tell them that. Next time in Boise, I'll talk some smack because I like to give the All audience right. a hard time. Richard, I really look forward to meeting you, man. I'll make it a point to say hi. All right, you better. Rock and roll, my man. There he goes. The great Richard in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Talking smack over to the to the folks in Boise. Said they're a bunch of weenies. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I don't know. I'm with Richard. And I liked Boise. I was at the Egyptian Theater. In fact, this week on Wednesday, Jamie Lissau. You know Jamie's on Gutfeld all the time. He's from Alaska. He's divorced. Greg's always making fun of him, giving him a hard time. But Jamie's funny. And uh, he's going to be on our show this week on Wednesday. I'm gonna, he's going to hang out with me for a full hour. And we're going to discuss uh, his upcoming gig at the Egyptian Theater in Boise. Try to sell some tickets for Jamie so he can get out there. His girlfriend's from out there. He wants to impress her. So he's coming on the show to move some product. That's how we roll. I don't mind helping a guy out. And uh, in truth, Richard's right. The world does need to laugh more. Get some tickets to see me at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls Saturday night, October the 28th. Get some tickets the night before to see me in Helena, Montana. That's going to be a banger. And, of course, my stand-up comedy special tapes in Huntington on Strong Island, Friday night, October the 13th. Stand-up show is the greatest thing in the world right now. It, right now, in, because everything's been so corporatized, it really is the only place where you can truly pull the conversational goalie and not care anymore. Okay, and it's so liberating to get out there and and stop pretending. Not that most people listening to this show are pretending on a daily basis. You know, you get it. You're in on the joke. But a lot of society is. Okay, and uh, it's exhausting. It really is. One of the big pretend things going on right now in media is people freaking out because Trump was the very first guest on Meet the Press. Now, it is funny because Meet the Press, which was in last place when Chuck Todd left, Chuck Todd took over. It was the number one Sunday show. Chuck Todd left town, last placed show in Sunday. <laughs>
so what does Kristen Welker do? Okay, she goes out and books an interview with the guy Chuck Todd spent his entire tenure bashing, Trump. It's the funniest thing in the world. Trump's the worst. Trump's the worst. We're all going to die. You can't platform him. You can't put him on TV. Who would do such a thing? Who's the first guy they book when they get the show? Trump. Now, of course, the media is very upset that she did that. But if the media was happy... Uh, if they were smart, they'd probably let let them interview Trump because Trump didn't do himself any favors by trashing Ron DeSantis signing a heartbeat, heartbeat abortion bill. Trump threw a lot of the goodwill that he has cultivated with the pro-life crowd right out the window. Here it is, clip 18. If a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected... Would you sign it at 15? Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I would I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think that I, I goes think what he far? did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. Whoa, going in on DeSantis, who was on our show. If you missed it last Thursday, uh, you can get it on the Fox Across America website. We can get that sweet Fox Across America merch as well. But Trump, in saying a heartbeat bill is, you know, disgrace and not good, upsets a lot of the pro-life voters there. Okay, he also had a tough moment where he couldn't define what a woman was, which, again, what happens to Trump a lot of times, and I mean this, his surrogates are better at selling him than he is. Like, he's funny. It rallies. He relates to the voters well. He has a lot of personality, and people love him. He is, you know, if nothing changes, he's going to walk away with a nomination, and it's not even going to be close. So, you know, I'm not out here telling you he can't get his nomination and everything in between, but I'm telling you his surrogates would never have told him to say, I can't define a woman. <laughs> his surrogates never would have said, okay, we could discuss beyond 15-week abortions. Europe only allows 12 to 15 weeks. When we're more liberal than Europe, not the best position for a Republican presidential nominee to be taking, okay? But the point is we'll get past that. Joe Concha will tell us how when we come back. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It also happens to be Monday, which means we've got some NFL football going down. And nobody knows better about that. Nobody knows better about media than Joe Concha, who joins us now on the show. Hey, man. Wow, you just turned me into Jimmy the Greek. Thank you for this. Well, not all the way, okay, because Jimmy the Greek did run into some commentary issues later in his career. Oh, good point, yes. I, yes. I don't have you there yet, okay? The good part, the, the good side. As, as of now, you're still like Jimmy the Gent from, like, you know, Goodfellas and stuff like that. You're on the right side of history right now, Concha. I'll take that. Joey two times. There you go. How did uh, week two of the NFL treat you? Week two is very, very unpredictable. Therefore, not good. <laughs> <laughs> unpredictable is a, you know, I, I always say to my wife, and I tell Lincoln this, you know, as a guy uh, who grew up in casinos, yeah. you know how, like, a lot of guys never admit they lose, like guys who play blackjack, like, five nights a week? They're always even. You know, up a little even. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if someone admits to being down anything, it means they were literally wearing a blonde wig in the parking lot turning tricks to get home. Well, <laughs> so when you say unpredictable, how much powder did you put on your Adam's apple last night? 
Oh, <laughs> let me think about this. A very expensive amount. That's the safest answer I could go with. Uh, no, last night I had to do the big weekend show, which which you uh, are also Save in the you. rotation of. And, yep. and I've learned now, because this was the first time I've done it during football season when the shows move from 5 to 7 o'clock, that you really don't get to watch a lot, you know, know. in the 4 o'clock. Because the green room, as you know, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, the main one that the 5 uses in Fox and Friends, for example, uh, the, the TV's in there. I think they have rabbit ears. Yeah. You ever notice that? I can never get like a clear signal. I go, I think that's the Jets and Cowboys, but I can't quite make it out. Uh, but I, I had the over uh, 30 Chiefs Jaguars, and right. it ends 17-9 as the lowest score of the day. That, that, that pretty much sums up my day. <laughs> there it is. Uh, give, me, uh, give me tonight. You got really quick. Uh, yeah. You got the Steelers hosting the Browns. That's the late one. Steelers. Uh, I love them last week against the 49ers. They got their asses handed to them. Yeah. Browns beating up the Bengals. Bill Hemmer's Bengals, who are now 0-2, by the way. Uh, and the Steelers in this game. I'm just getting a double look on this. Cleveland's favored by two. Sounds familiar. This oh, is exactly man. I the like the Steelers again. Week. You got to go back to the well, right? You do. I mean, home dogs. I mean, you're supposed to bet these games. Yeah, I like Mike Tomlin. I think he'll get them back. I think we overreact to week one games a little too much. Like, oh, my God, they're horrible. And then you realize, like, oh, there is 17 more weeks in the season. Oh, yeah. So I think we're in agreement on that one as far as the Steelers. By the way, it should be noted I was 2-1 and one last week, and you were 0-1. Oh, 0-1 oh, when we yeah. were talking about how we were going to break this down. Uh, you know, because you went with the big box. I, can I say something? If I would have bet the home dogs, the Jets were one of the home dogs that would have won. Yeah. Uh, the Giants were one of the home dogs that got blown out. So my theory wouldn't have held up anyway. It's flipping a coin, basically. Yes. <laughs> so, so, but we have two games tonight, which yes, is Carolina like kind of unprecedented. versus yeah. the Saints. So let's talk about that one really quick. Really quick. Uh, it is the Saints are three still. Wow. They're three in Carolina. I mean, I got to go home dogs twice. Damn it, we're going to agree on both. <laughs> no, this is bad, Concha. I know. What this, do we do? I, we uh, bet the WNBA. You know we, what? We, we go our separate ways right now in the I kid. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I'll re- do this. I'll do this. Mm-hmm. I like the under in that game. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair. We'll put, uh, we'll... You put the Saints outside, things change. You gentlemen, put them on grass, things change, right? Gentlemen, uh, move. Oh, well, give me a bet on this really quick. We got yes. about three fun minutes today. Uh-huh. Over, under on Kirsten Welker at Meet the Press after that Trump interview. Oh, well... It's amazing she gets all this criticism because this is the guy who's going to get the Republican nomination unless something very, very strange happens, and mm-hmm. it could could happen. Mm-hmm. He got 74 million votes as the Republican in the last election more than any Republican in history, and he is newsworthy I at know. last check. And then for, for people who are like, no, you have to remove him off the air. These are the same people that talk about Trump 24-7. But if you interview him, then all bets are off. So it's so phony. It's so performative. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, and this one I when CNN had the town hall. Everybody was like, how dare you? But I think how dare you really just does become how dare you land that interview and not me. I mean, is that what they're saying? Because they want they want the ratings at the end of the day. Of course. And everybody forgets 2016, CNN, MSNBC. You would see Chirons on screens filming an empty podium while Hillary Clinton's doing some speech somewhere awaiting Donald Trump to speak. They showed every rally, hung in his every word, gave him town halls, interviews. It didn't matter. And and now it's like you can't put him on the air. You put him in office. What are you talking about? Totally. And you know what? At the end of the day, Trump is the Tony Montana of politics. You know, he stands up at the end of Scarface and he's like, you need people like me. Yeah. So you could point your finger and say, that's the bad guy. That is who Trump is. He's the Tony Montana of politics. I still love that Pacino played that role. Isn't he Italian? <laughs> How did that happen? Played it well. So you heard yes. it here, folks. 
uh, folks. Joe Concha gives you the under in Saints-Panthers. He likes the Steelers as well. Uh, you haven't stood, steered us wrong yet, Concha, so uh, we're going to stick with this horse right here in the middle of the race. Let's do it again sooner, right, brother? I just can't believe Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and I still lose with the Jets last <laughs> week. I should have been 3-0. There's just no good way to do it, man. I was so going to text you when I said, that'll jinx me, and sure enough, it happened anyway. <laughs> sure, but it was a joke because that's like a joke you'd tell the whole season is he's going to get hurt first play of the season. Sure enough, <laughs> only the Jets. Oh. Only you, Concha. We'll do it again soon. There he goes. How about Joe Concha, by the way? Gives you five minutes, and he's got to run down to a TV set. <laughs> this is this radio show today, it's like a NASCAR race. You know when there's like guy pulls into pit row, he just gets one tire, like zzz, zzz, keeps going, gets him back out on the track. That is very much the Monday episode of Fox Across America. We're still, as we, right now, we still have our spotter up on the perch trying to let us know if Lincoln Fale is going to call in before he gets on the school bus and goes to the Clark Rams football game. We don't know. There's a lot of we're building the plane as we fly it, as they say. But when it comes to this Trump interview on Meet the Press and the media losing its mind, which is what we quickly talked about before Concha left, this is what you have to understand. Like what I was saying is true. He is the Tony Montana of cable news. That's who Trump is. If you go back and watch Scarface, Tony Montana stands up in the restaurant. It's all coked out. (laughs) He's a mess. But he knows everybody's watching him because he's Tony Montana. And everybody's snickering and whispering, and they see him all over there. And he gets up and goes, you need people like me. He actually calls them a bunch of cockroaches first and uses some colorful language along the way. But what is the ultimate lecture? You need people like me so you can point your fingers and say, that's the bad guy. That's what he says. And that is Trump, okay? The media needs people like him so they can point their fingers and say, that's the bad guy. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. They have made so much money off of that's the bad guy. Orange man, bad. He colluded with Russia. I'm telling you, stole an election. (laughs) All right, they were wrong. But did they stop pointing after they were found out to be wrong? The answer would be no. Then what did they do? Oh, he threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine. Quid pro quo. (laughs) Didn't happen. They kept pointing the finger. He slandered dead veterans. (laughs) Didn't happen. Okay, it's just reality, man. And But what they've done at every single turn is they've pointed their finger and said that's the bad guy because the people who run MSNBC, and this is why they're all so apoplectic, is MSNBC runs so hard on confirmation bias and self-righteousness. They're telling self-hated liberal white people, self-hating liberal white people, hey, you're better than this guy. You're better than his supporters. Bunch of white supremacists, racist know-nothings. Look what these guys did. But at the same time, they know they need him for ratings. So they are going to put him on. And then they have to act. <laughs> they have to act upset like they actually did it. The media is a bunch of losers. But that's what they are. Oh, I, I can't believe what's he on the air for? I mean, why would anybody possibly put him on? Oh, I get it because he's rating. They need people like him. OK, they need him. It's a desperate situation. Look what happened to their ratings after Trump left the public eye in the aftermath of leaving office. Donald Trump left the public eye when Joe Biden took the oath of office on January the 20th, 2021. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And Trump went off and played golf and the media went to hell.
Okay. What happened? The minute Trump came back down the escalator and said, I'm running again, the people who said Trump leaving the public eye was addition by subtraction, the people who said no one should ever give him a platform again, you know, the people over at CNN, the first thing they did after saying no one should give him a platform ever again, we can't even take his speeches live, is they offered him a town hall. That's who we're dealing with. It's all performance art now. I sit here and tell you the truth, whether we're talking about media or whether we're talking about Washington, because nobody else wants to. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Yeah, let them jump all over my head. They'd probably miss the target at this point. They're so freaking inept. But that's the reality, like really, of what we're dealing with right now is you take a look out into the world of politics and you realize most of what's going on right now, I've been saying this a lot lately. It's just, it's like a theme now. It's performance art. Everybody is getting on TV and selling you the emotion they think you need to feel. The superpower of Trump and the reason he's willing to do all of this media, the reason he's never nervous about it, he's never like, I don't, maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe we should run this by a focus group is because he has a better connection to the voter, to the rank and file in this country than any political consultant or anybody working in the media. Like you think back to 2016, it's a lot like right now. And what I mean by that is in 2016, people were reacting to everything except the substance. It was like, oh, he tweeted this. Oh, you know, one time on Celebrity Apprentice, he said that. But what the people were hearing was jobs, border security, you know, we'll stop getting ripped off by foreign countries and things like that. Okay, that's what they heard. And as you see yourself now back in performance mode, performance art mode, when you turn on the TV, MSNBC apoplectic. I can't believe Kristen Welker had him on Meet the Press. You know, CNN, who gave him a town hall. Why are we continuing to air this man? Okay, they know why. They want ratings. Okay, he's a big, he's he's Tony Montana. You'll need people like me. But again, as they scream and yell about whether or not it's safe and fair to platform him, okay, what they keep forgetting again and again and again is his popularity has endured one because the people attacking him have discredited themselves a billion ways. Two, nobody trusts the DOJ after seeing just how far out of it way it went to attack parents who dared criticize school boards where their daughters were sexually assaulted like it happened in Loudoun uh, in Virginia, you know, Loudoun County, you know, or you see the type of hyperpartisan indictments that have come Trump's way. The DOJ has discredited themselves. Trump's critics have discredited themselves. But getting past that, the reason the indictments aren't hurting them is because Trump's message of jobs and border security It resonates more now than it did in 2016 because of just how bad of a president we have running things. Biden sucks. Like if you think the average American responded well to a we got to shut the border message in 2016. Can you imagine how they feel now after seven million people have crossed the border illegally? I think he's got a point. Okay, yeah. Well, the point is Biden sucks. Correct the mundo. No, but the point is, to be clear. Okay, 7 million people have crossed the border. Many members of the terror watch list, human traffickers and coyotes, have ushered in an all-time high record of fentanyl poisoning deaths. 
We had a one-year-old die at a daycare up in the Bronx over the weekend where other kids were exposed, and we found out it was a hotbed for drug dealing. Again, a drug that comes in through the southern border because we're not playing any defense down there. They've let in 7 million people. You have no idea how to defend a nation. So do you think Trump's message about the need to shut the front door of the House resonates? You're damn right it does. When you talk about America-first policies... At a time when Biden showed up to Maui, he said, sorry, the whole house got burnt down. Here's 700 bucks for each of you. I got to run. I'm sending $100 billion over to Ukraine after this. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. You damn well better believe that Trump's message, okay, it resonates. This is the challenge they have. They're going to keep indicting him. I don't doubt that they will. They might convict him on one of these things. It's not going to change anything. Unless they can flat out take him off the ballot, which is what Adam Schiff admitted to wanting to do. Said the quiet part out loud. Here it is. Clip five. Donald Trump is currently the leading candidate for president in the Republican Party, but he may not even make it on the ballot. Let me see if I can break it down. Under the 14th Amendment, if you take the oath of office and then betray that oath by engaging in insurrection or rebellion, you're disqualified from ever holding office again. In Colorado, Republicans have filed suit to keep him off the ballot because he's disqualified. And you can bet if they're successful in Colorado, many other states will also seek to disqualify him from even appearing on the ballot. We'll see how this plays out. Oh, shut up, woman. So that's Adam Schiff saying the quiet part out loud. They're, gonna, they're flat out willing to try and disqualify him from the ballot if that's what it takes. This is not about you picking the next president. This is about them picking it for you. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Say it again. Lincoln Fela, we have just received confirmation, is going to skip class and call us when we come back to wrap the show up on Fox Across America. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and the man joining me on the line now left the house this morning in his football jersey. That can only mean one thing. The Clark Rams getting ready to take the field today against Wontor. Joining us now to preview at number 64, the captain, Lincoln Fallon. Hey, man. What's up? How the Rams looking? How they feeling? Good. All right. Uh, I mean, you're the captain now. I mean, this, this matters. We used to bring you on as a joke. Now you're giving us like actual inside information. Did the pasta party go well? Yeah. All right, so if no one's heard this before, I just want to make sure in case wardrobe is listening, I didn't go to a pasta party. Yeah. To explain what this is. You just, like, eat a lot of carbs the night before a game, so because it's just good for you. You can burn them off quick. It gives you more energy and stuff. So the Rams are having a pregame pasta party. I'm just saying that in case wardrobe is listening. As you know, there's been some chatter about your dad and the... And the <laughs> no more spaghetti, Jimmy. You look puffy on TV. That's actually not wardrobe. That's my mom. Uh, but how are you feeling? Your mom kept you out a little bit last night. You were at the, what concert was that? Zach Brown. Zach, how was Zach Brown? What would you think? It was good. I knew like four songs, though, but it was good. <laughs> Lincoln just started yelling, sing chicken fried, like in the parking lot. I mean, we were there for, we could have did that song in 20 minutes. Could we have not? Yeah. I mean, that show, Zach, the Zach Brown, they played. It was actually really good. Lincoln had a good time. And there's another game, the preview tonight, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you feel about your Steelers? Do they good. get a win in week two? Yes. You think so? I mean, they have to. You don't want to start off 0-2. No, you're not going to start off 0-2. 
And they always play the Browns hard. Yeah, that, well, the Browns are coming off a I, big win because they beat the Bengals. Yeah, but I think the last time the Steelers lost to the Browns was with Mitch Trubisky and the time before that, maybe like three years before. So you're feeling good. You're saying yeah. bet the Steelers. All right, I got to call Joe Concha back. He's, got, he's been looking for help. All right, last question. You got the Rams uh, on the field against Wontaw. Last week you predicted the Rams and the over, and I do think you covered. You guys wound up winning 36-22. to 22. Uh, what is the prediction today? I think we win if we because we go for two. So I say thirty to twenty-five. So you're letting up twenty-five points on defense. Wantal's a good team, are they? But I still don't like that attitude. I mean, I no, no, no. I I want to hear like I they're scared to get off the bus, and it's a home game for them. But I think they're going to get on the bus and it just is in fear is what I want to hear. Like you're not inspiring the betters. I'll, I'll forgive you because you got to get back to class. Uh, but the show's over. Go Rams, as we say every day. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fallon. What a jerk. Get him out of here. Get him out. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.